Angola military uh, was working eight years to be prepared like that, to fight back like that. And uh, we're not just fighting the second army in the world, but we're killing them like, you know, super effectively. It's like one to 20, one Ukrainian military killed 20 uh, Russians. Even having this complete people amount uh, disadvantage. And uh, having that in place, we have, for example, situations that with the support of US, with the support of Poland and other countries, etc., we're gonna win in this conflict. Each war end up peaceful agreement. And uh, war is winning when you make an agreement that is done on a better benefits for yourself as it was before the war. Good day, everyone. I'm Kentaro, and thanks for listening to the Bitcoin Renaissance podcast. Today, I had the great pleasure of catching up with my friend Vasily Ri. Vasily is a Ukrainian tech entrepreneur who started Lilu.ai, a lead gen support and sales automation software company based in Kiev. We discussed how he started and grew the business to earn hundreds of thousands of dollars per month, how he has transitioned to a wartime CEO since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and also his outlook for his home country. Please enjoy this episode with Vasily. Vasily, thank you very much for uh, making the time for this. And uh, it's great to see your face and to hear your voice. How are you, man? Thank you for the invitation, Kitaro. I'm doing fine. I'm safe. Uh, and uh, I'm kind of wartime CEO who is trying to gather his team after all the circumstances we have here in Ukraine. But we will talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wartime CEO is a really great way to say it. So, man, you and I have been friends since uh, 2017, and I remember because it was the uh, it was the crypto uh, Bitcoin bubble, and and uh, I, I was interviewing someone for a job in a cafe, and and you overheard the conversation, and that's how we met. So we've been friends for a long time. Yeah, I was thinking you was talking about Bitcoin stuff and ICO, etc. For some reason, I don't know why, and I asked, you, "Are you doing this?" And you said, "Like, well, yes." But basically, as far as you explained, uh, it was about CEO, so search engine optimization. I don't know why I was like in, in this, but anyways, uh, we are friends for all this uh, time and that's uh, good to, to have you uh, from time to time to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I think it was around then that you were starting your company that you have now, right? Well, yes, 2017, it was a year uh, where Lilu.ai was first year where we was uh, trying to scale what I found the year before. Basically, long story short, uh, this company started from me selling nothing, like a thin air, a presentation where I was pitching entrepreneurs to buy my software that wasn't exist. I basically gathered them and said, hey, chatbots, AI, and all this stuff is going to just, you know, revolutionize marketing sales and everything we have in business. And uh, like from marketing standpoint, uh, it's uh, really got a lot of uh, sense and um, effectiveness. And uh, I was a visionary who said that it's going to be such a software that's going to be like combining chatbots, CRM system, all the type of automation in marketing. Uh, payments, uh, etc. And it's going to be like a machine for a business that converts traffic into sales. And they was like, wow, cool. Yeah, we wanted that. And I said, there was one problem. <laughs> this doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and um, audience uh, basically in two hours uh, get like uh, into a point that, yeah, if it's going to happen, it will give me like a lot of uh, competitive advantage. 
uh, etc. And said, listen, I have a team, I have all people in place, I know how to do that, and uh, we will uh, deliver in two months. Uh, what I was know that uh, it wasn't just a small piece of software. We were basically creating a HubSpot analog, but uh, through chatbots and messengers. And um, it's a long story how uh, I end up uh, of uh, changing teams in uh, attempt to deliver high quality in two months <laughs> and a super complex system for basically all-in-one automation via chatbots, messengers, and with uh, sort of AI uh, things and analytics, etc. And yes, 2017 was a year where I was like playing around with people managing, uh, speaking, etc. And at that moment, it was already probably 20 people in a team. So it was like a, a middle stage. And by the end of the year uh, and from June... January 2018, I had like 65 uh, in a team. So we was like, you know, uh, skyrocketing. Right. Parabolic growth. Can you talk a little bit about what you did before you started this company? And how, how did you how did you find or come up with the idea to do this business and, and to start it? Well, I'll try to make it short as, as short as possible. But uh, the core story about that, I'm an entrepreneur since like 14 years. It's first time I was doing attempts to, you know, like buy something, sell something to make money for having, you know, cinema with girls, not uh, having anything from my parents, etc. It's sort of stuff, you know, like uh, growing up, I was selling phones. I was doing a lot of, uh, I had approximately 50 different ideas that I was trying to turn into like business projects. And back then uh, I did so many fails when it comes to lead generation, sales, etc. And I was uh, from 2000, second, it was the start of 2000s years. Uh, I was uh, lead generation via newspapers. I was trying to lead generate via network connections, you know, when you network people, talking to them and say, hey, I'm doing this and uh, what about that? So all types and forms of uh, lead generation, marketing and sales, I've gone through myself. And I was completely aware about the pain that each and every entrepreneur has when he starts over something. When he has an idea and he needs to turn it into some type of business and get this first sales, etc. And um, during that, in 2000, probably six, I was a uh, representative, uh, exclusive representative in Ukraine of uh, American uh, technology from uh, its uh, Safas Corporation, its General Electric Department that was creating artificial stone that you can just, you know, spray on any uh, surface. And it's become uh, with the um, characteristics of stone. And I was, like, promoting this all over Ukraine. And it was my first uh, project that I was, you know, like, fully involved. Uh, it's uh, something that was a uh, million-dollar business that was uh, on myself when I was 19. And there, my level of... Uh, responsibility for revenue was the highest. I was the one who actually launching a website, uh, then doing search and optimization, <laughs> but it was just a spam of uh, a rare, like um, you have uh, in America, for example, uh, this uh, list, uh, Craigslist probably with the advertisement. Uh, we have such something like that, similar to that in Ukraine and Russia. And I was trying to, you know, spam all over there to lead generate. And, um, uh, Long story short, all these attempts was spam with uh, search optimization, with the first uh, version of uh, Google Ads, 
uh, all type of offline marketing, uh, etc. I was searching for the best way to basically uh, set up uh, revenue growth in any business, effective uh, way. And um, when I start to create a website, it was fucking pain in the ass. It's, 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 for me, it was a huge uh, back then problem. Then when it was uh, about uh, advertisement, for example, in Google Ads, it's, it's the same. Uh, each time I uh, had a lot of technical challenges uh, to make things work. And um, for example, in 2012, when I switched from that business to my dream business, uh, working uh, like a digital nomad from a laptop, traveling the world, uh, I met a few American guys with whom I was helping them as a project manager, basically to build what called sales funnels. And um, even in 2012, there was like a huge problem of connecting, for example, payment system with uh, uh, mailing system with CRM with uh, all type of sorts of technical things that needs to be in place in order to uh, predictably convert traffic into sales. We already had uh, like uh, paid advertisements that was launching well, uh, like uh, ads in Google. Uh, then in 2013, uh, we had uh, uh, this uh, spike of uh, popularity in Facebook where they launched uh, this uh, advertisement placement in in uh, their newsfeed and. Um, this, I would say, responsibility, my responsibility usually in each and every team for actually converting traffic into sales. And everything in between was uh, on my side. And I'm not a technical guy. I'm uh, a guy who uh, humanitarian. Uh, I was uh, good in historical uh, different type of uh, educational um, programs, uh, geography, etc., but not mass. And not uh, anything, uh, what I would say, uh, you know, precise um, learnings. So for me, it was a hard to create a system that online converts traffic into sales. And I was uh, since 2007 thinking what I need to create to make this thing work like you know, like a magic. You know, each and every uh, technology that works well is indistinguishable from magic. And I was <laughs> back then dreaming about some sort of uh, button that, you know, like I push a button and my idea online turns into landing pages, email sequences, uh, retargeting, uh, you know, all type of CRM and connections and everything is in, in place. You know, I was dreaming that whole customer journey is, you know, like uh, for the push of a button, just create it. And I don't need to sit and, you know, work this shit with programmers, with uh, any type API connection, so this uh, uh, thousands of dollars on this software trying to connect uh, HubSpot with some stupid app that is not working well, not dealing with the technical nightmare. And long story short, for five years since 2012 till 2000, uh, basically 16, 17, uh, I was trying to create such a software for myself. You know, with the templates, with uh, everything that needed in place for digital uh, online sales, and uh, also, on like during that period, I was uh, working with entrepreneurs uh, around the globe who was uh, setting up their social media for lead generation purpose, for sales, etc. And uh, each and every in every country, it's international in Australia, Cyprus, uh, Geneva, uh, Ukraine, Russia, Moscow. Illinois, Chicago, entrepreneur, it doesn't matter where he is from, 
he had the same fucking problem. How to make this shit work? How to make my funnel work? How to set up something that basically uh, give me sales from uh, online uh, any type of lead generation? And uh, having all that, uh, I basically gathered all the problems into specific solutions, you know, like one by one. Okay. When it comes to marketing, we're doing this and this that is optimal to set up a quick high cycle type of uh, launching campaign that will give you numbers with a micro budget, etc. And it doesn't take uh, any technical uh, skills to do that. So Lilu.ai is just a product that basically born out of my pain as an entrepreneur and uh, out of experience working with thousands of uh, businesses and entrepreneurs worldwide. Because, for example, in 2010, I was thinking that Ukraine is a shit country where people just stupid enough not having anything uh, well done in the software. Uh, that's why we have such a problems with, uh, you know, connecting payment system, etc. But as I figure out, in other countries, <laughs> software problem was even fucking huge. <laughs> 10x than in Ukraine uh, and I found that this problem is just uh, simply international and uh, I was uh, making an attempt to create uh, such a software that will solve completely all customer journey automation in one uh, single uh, application first attempt was failed I lost probably $45,000 building uh, email type of software that uh, doing email sequencing landing pages uh, CRM system payment system all type of you know like chat support system etc in one place and um, it ended up mm, not released uh, to a clients I was creating this with my friend you know like just a programmer and uh, this fails uh, lead me to understanding that development process of IT software product should be done in slightly another way uh, to make it work. So we have development cycles, we have all type of stages, etc. It's uh, another level. But that lead me to where I am today. We have 5.5 thousand people from uh, 60 plus countries uh, worldwide as businesses, entrepreneurs, and marketers. Uh, they made over 100, probably 50 million dollars in sales during 2021. Uh, I mean, overall clients through a system. And uh, it's more than 100 million subscribers of uh, uh, in our clients' accounts. So our clients uh, has someone 10,000, someone 1 million, someone few million subscribers it, when it comes to uh, numbers. And um, we have uh, clients from like small, medium businesses who just, you know, starting out and they testing their campaigns uh, to make them work. Uh, and make first sales. It's uh, someone on a level they're trying to make their first thousand online. Some of them working with like uh, 10,000 revenue per month uh, amount and few people in the team. And we have uh, before all this uh, uh, war uh, clients like uh, Kaspersky Lab, Shell, uh, Sberbank from Russia, uh, and uh, you know, like corporate clients who was using our system also in their marketing and sales purposes. And um, today it's a product on a level like uh, maybe not that like a HubSpot or something, but it's slightly different. And uh, the main idea and positioning about this product is that all-in-one customer journey automation from the first click when people click in something in the advertisement all the way to retention sales. We have everything 
to make this uh, business process of marketing, sales, and retention, and even finance work well, because uh, everything that needs to be uh, converting online traffic into sales uh, in one single uh, web application, so software as a service. You said you you lost forty five thousand dollars on the first version of the product, and you know that's a that's a pretty large amount of money. Well, during three years. Okay, over three years. For three years in in software development, it's not 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 that much. <laughs> well, sure, sure, but I you know I, I'm just imagining like uh, you know the the early days are are hard, right? Because because you put in all this uh, blood, sweat, and tears, and uh, there's absolutely no assurance or guarantee that you're ever going to make any money ever, right? You know, I think a lot of people in your position after that failure would have said, "Fuck this! I'm I'm doing something else." Were you sure about continuing down this path, and uh, was there something that motivated you to try again? Well, yes, motivational and psychological part is not the part of you know entrepreneurship uh, that I'm trying to reflect on my decisions, on my actions, etc. And for example, in 2010. I was dreaming about to be the biggest in Ukraine uh, representative of uh, this uh, soft uh, Safas corporation, for example. And I, I make a bet to become a multimillionaire that, you know, like running almost uh, all the furniture uh, workshops uh, with my technology. And I was calculating, you know, like these numbers that like if it is like we would have some point like one zero point three GDP <laughs> out of our country, you know, like all that and making um, bet on that. And when uh, at some point you see that this business doesn't work, this is shit that I'm like fucking hate uh, because, you know, like uh, it didn't work out well for three, four or five years. You feel yourself frustrated. It's like I I make so much effort to make these things work. And now I have to, you know, like just throw it out. Because uh, what uh, happened in 2010, in 2008, the crisis hit the way in uh, two weeks. We have Grivna skyrocketed from five to almost 15 Grivnas per dollar. It's like, it's like inflation <laughs> that uh, goes, you know, like a super high steps. And when that is happened, I was in a situation sitting on a pile of uh, this uh, artificial stone. It's a smell with a styrol. It's a specific a chemistry that, uh, you know, even dangerous at some point. And I have approximately $110,000 in this in this uh, packaging, it was a it was container that I, I just got from New Jersey uh, to Ukraine. It was September 2008. I was 19, and I was like sitting like I'm about to be a fucking <laughs> fucking millionaire, and I'm watching this news from US about this you know like crisis and all this shit, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> if it is a worse. <laughs> You see, if it is a worst nightmare for me, uh, <laughs> 19 years old, uh, future millionaire <laughs> Ukraine is going to happen. It's probably the worst day of my life. And um, it's a workshop with full of dust because it takes, you know, like it's a furniture uh, workshop where you're creating like countertops, etc. And um, after that, what I uh, actually make an agreement with myself, I either try dying, but won't even try to quit and um it was like something kind of you know like when you sit into and talking to yourself well what else worse could happen because uh, this 100k was a loan in a bank 
And good part about this loan, for example, was that uh, when I took this loan, it was for f- when uh, uh, we took it in dollars and we paid Grivna for dollars, g- have uh, $100,000 uh, for five Grivnas. And good part that when this crisis has happened, uh, all these uh, materials uh, basically uh, was three times lower in the price because of, you know, and uh, my uh, credit was, and I was like going, okay, if this is fine, maybe I have to keep on going. Well, sometimes even in a worse situation, you have a positive situation. After that, I set up myself as an entrepreneur, always uh, <clears throat> looking for, okay, in any negative moment, there is a way to find something that can uh, make you uh, turn it into benefit for you. And uh, in crisis, uh, back then, I figured out that there is a, a specific audience that able to buy our product because, for example, countertop was about like 1.k per square meter of this material because we was doing them, you know, beautiful without any type of, um, it was high-tech design furniture. And when I hit a problem with the software, for me, it was probably like 20 first or something attempt to create a business. So I was just, you know, like, get used to it. Yeah, I, I understand that feeling. Yeah, this entrepreneur probably understands that when you have doubts, it's the worst thing possible for, for, for your even, uh, you know, like uh, daily living. So should I make another attempt? Fucking yes. And it's like, fucking right, right, fucking right I am. <laughs> because if I got in such a problem, I probably in 2019, I met a quote that said that fail until you succeed. And it's like, wow, this is about me. Because this is what I'm doing since my 14 years old. Each time I fail, I basically trying to find, uh, okay, what type of failure I just got. And how not to make it again. And then uh, moving on. So just to understand where it comes from. No doubt that I need to make again. Mm-hmm. Now with Lilu.ai, so you wanted to take another shot at this kind of marketing you know, automation business. And you basically found people that would be customers and pitch them to be investors. Is that how that went? No, it's uh, more like crowdfunding. You have to look at that as a way to validate your idea. And at that moment, what I, why I was doing that? Because I had zero money. I had only the last $100 in my pocket after working with my American partners in Asia. After Asia, I came to Ukraine and uh, I had nothing. And the only, and this is one of the ideas that I'm trying to convey to people that when you start your business, it's better not to have any money because it's lead you to think out of the box of how to, uh, with this something, some zero money, create something. And that's completely entrepreneurial uh, skill that needs to be, you know, like improved uh, over time. And uh, by then, having nothing, I basically came from Asia, from Thailand uh, to Ukraine with just, a, you know, pack back. Uh, and I have... Uh, it was February uh, 2016, and uh, I had no warm clothing, so I spent some money on warm clothing, and I had like $500. And by the April, when I was uh, launching Lilura AI in 2016, the only 150 bucks left, 
and the one hundred dollars uh, that was on my card and credit card, I decided to invest in Facebook ads. And the idea of selling the product was coming not out of you know like something. It was coming out of a need, basically, to have money <laughs> right away because I have nothing to invest and. Um, it's more like a crowdfunding. I was basically one shot for this presentation to understand, is it really anyone on the market who is able to pay and willing to pay? And actually a client uh, who is, can vote with uh, his uh, pocket, with his money. Because people who say that I would pay and would use, for example, in like premium models, and people who are actually buying product, it's like completely different audience usually. You know, like this is, you can have a lot of people who say, yeah, the product is cool. But when it takes to pay $100 for that, they like, okay, I, I will wait when it is, I will wait till it's going to be better. So it was an uh, adventure that I like put myself in, but it was the best way to validate idea because I basically got entrepreneurs who bought before product was created and it was more like crowdfunding i was telling them okay you will have this offer well and the offer was uh, i gave them lifetime offer and for example after five years the price of lulu uh packaging the same they have it's x45 in price if they would pay today for example per month or something like that uh, they would pay 45 times more than they bought before I don't know. Sometimes we're joking that investment in the Lua was uh, better than in Bitcoin. <laughs> Few things are, but perhaps it was. Well, it is not, it's not scalable because we had only 20 offers like that, 20 clients uh, who was the first clients like that. But it was enough to understand, okay. These 20 clients, how much did they, how much did they pay? How much did, they, you know, did you crowdfund from them for? Basically, uh, from $500 per account to $1,000. It was two types. And some of them could off buy, for example, three accounts. Some, some of them paid like uh, 1.5K. So, uh, one guy came and paid for 10 accounts. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I mean, dude, that, that, that's unbelievable that you, you sold something that didn't exist. You got money on a promise or a, a vision, right? Yeah. It was completely about yeah that. I was uh, selling the vision. I was selling uh, the products that did not exist, but uh, what I would say why people was buying is for some, you know, like I was a dude who was they whom he, they didn't know. That's that's the more the biggest challenge actually you can do because people don't buy from people who they don't know usually like that. And to create that trust is that uh, takes a lot. And why I think that this basically happened because uh, I was in marketing for ten years. And I was completely understand what they need to know about me, about team, about product, about the vision, about the business for trusting me. And what I actually, and this is the most important part, I specifically knew who they are. And I was knowing their problems better than they are. Because I'm an entrepreneur myself, I'm a marketer myself, I gone through all this uh, nightmare of technical setting up business uh, for myself. And my presentation was, you know, like from here we are, we have this, this, and this, and this type of problems. Here is a solution you're making like today. And here is my specific and better way to do things uh, with all this trend of AI, chatbots, etc. that is going to be uh, used in each and every business. And if it will be the first, just act. So there is a mechanism to do that. 
And uh, for not people to understand that it is like, hey, <laughs> it's just a random dude said a random thing and people bought. You have to work uh, your homework well with a targeted audience, understanding their pain, etc. And you have to target the specific people you know, and not everyone, because I was not targeting each and everyone. I was targeting specific entrepreneurs who had this early bird type of uh, early adopter mindset. People who are actually always trying to set up something new in business. Uh, and even if it is not created, they are ready to invest in that. They constantly invest in innovations. It could be a small business with 5K uh, per month. Uh, it's mindset of a specific uh, business owner who ready to do such as things. For example, for me in that situation, I was looking for them. I found them and this $100 was basically sent to gather such a people. There wasn't no anyone who is like, no, like from a big corporations. I was trying, I was not trying to chase banks, uh, uh, corporate clients, uh, anyone who is bigger than 20K per month uh, business. However, we had people who had like 150, 250 uh, K per month uh, in revenue. It's just kind of uh, just happened. Uh, who bought in first uh, 20 clients. But what I'm trying to explain is that it is not a random thing that you just said, that, hey, buy my product and everyone just bought. They don't know me. They have to have an offer that is irresistible. And um, to make it irresistible for them, I was working on specifically understanding who they are, what they need and uh, etc and this deal was about if i not deliver i would be a scammer and a uh, few clients we have who had uh, they came uh, on the mercedes-benz s500 with uh, three bodyguards they came uh, after this presentation with something like hey dude we heard you're doing the crazy thing we need this for our cpa network and it's like, you know, people from 90s yeah, in, in Ukraine and Russia. And this is a specific mindset of, you know, they, they like, uh, we either get what you offered and what we paid, or you, <laughs> or you fucking suffer. And uh, my, fir- uh, my first early team, uh, when they saw that, our motivation to work was uh, much higher. It was like, you know, you, you haven't got any ability to mess up. Because uh, it was uh, not uh, not only one of them was like that. We have people from some different, I don't know why, uh, businesses like they doing this um, business with uh, CPA networks that is a shady type of... Uh, and um, some of these guys is not the ones whom you need to mess up. And uh, when we know that, that uh, turning into, you know, working hard, do our best and you know it's not only is it hard to crowdfund this kind of money from people that you've never met before but to promise and to deliver creating this product that basically doesn't exist in 2 months i mean those are i mean i guess the second part is harder a lot harder but that's that's a really incredible ballsy move right well it's done because uh, I was um, making my bet on what I was able to discover on that point. I talked to one team of programmers and second team of programmers and third team of programmers with the same technical task. And one of them said, well, it's in a week. <laughs> Having that previous uh, attempt for $45,000 in a few years that I lost, I like, okay, 
dumb shit. <laughs> they just overestimate uh, completely what they can because uh, it's it's probably possible, not but not with the three guys who is able to create something like that. And then I talked to another team who said that, okay, this is going to be working like this and that. Uh, probably in one month we will have alpha and in two months we will have beta. And uh, they were strict about we need a list of features that is only this and nothing more. Because if you were trying to add something more, everything will be messed up and we will, you know, like, and I like, okay, good point. So this is how I met people who was in probably five to 10 ex- years of experience in uh, creating software. They understand the structure, they understand the, all the milestones and understand the challenges in uh, programming when product are failed to deliver. And uh, by researching that and talking to them, I understand that, okay, good thing would be like, for example, two months uh, with this kind of uh, human resources and investment. And I understand, okay, I need $10,000 for this kind of team, burn rate 5K per month, and in two months we will get this. And I was uh, understanding that during that moment, if we launch in sales, this never uh, ending story uh, to deliver. So I was creating basically one second and third parallel processes in place to make it happen. So one thing is, okay, sales, yes, we need to launch them. Second, set in place delivery. And the third, never stop selling because rule number one uh, for a startup, never run out of money. Right. Wow. Okay. So you create this software in two months and uh, obviously you're still around. So the uh, the guys in the the Mercedes uh, didn't have any problems with your delivery. How did you go from there to making the first ten thousand and then hundred thousand dollars from this from this software? When it comes to Lilo.ai, AI, first ten thousand was in this first two months. We basically hit the goal. I was just scaling what was working, and the only thing was working for me at that moment. I understand that I'm the one who can deliver the value about such a innovative product because chatbots, AI, uh, all that is like like rocket science at that moment was. And I was the one who was trying to explain in uh, simple words and with the benefits uh, how this technology works. So I was basically educating my my targeted audience and I was creating a market. And uh, to go to 10K, it was all about conversions. So if $100 gathered 60 people in the room with entrepreneurs with this early bird mindset to invest, I was thinking, okay, if it just was in Kyiv, can I do the same, for example, in Odessa, in Kharkiv, in Lviv, etc. I was searching for a way to, you know, like just scale it up what was working for that moment. Then I was like, hell, <laughs> I have webinars. And uh, with my American friends, I was uh, helping them with hundreds of webinars. I was translating them into Russian, etc. And like, fuck, why not? Not to use that. So then uh, to live uh, meetings in the room uh, with entrepreneurs, uh, local entrepreneurs. Uh, for example, then we did Odessa, then we did more in Kyiv. And um, I launched webinars uh, in parallel of uh, this process. And I was simply investing money into ads. Facebook ads, gathering people on the webinar and selling them the same presentation. And each time tweaking uh, all the objections they might have. Because uh, growing that, uh, you always met people who is like, 
fuck, this is not going to work, it's, it's, uh, it's impossible to do that, etc. Because while I was trying to fundraise uh, with investors, and uh, it was an attempt to fundraise before I sell like that, uh, I had an attempt to fundraise uh, in uh, angels, VCs, uh, and uh, funds that is out there in Ukraine, and even uh, Y Combinator and uh, 500 startups. Uh, we was on interview with them, but didn't make it to the next level. So we was one out of 10,000 who had this uh, spot interviewing us like, like, like Zoom. Uh, but they didn't invest in us because we're in Ukraine, not enough something, whatever. And uh, it was a process of basically doing marketing budget, $100, turning, for example, into $5,000 at that moment in sales because we just, you know, work with each other. And out of this money, office and 30% out of any money was uh, basically fixed into marketing budget. And you just, you know, like keep on rolling, more budget, you tweaking, understanding where people is better conversions, for example, click-through rates, uh, uh, subscription level, what is the price per attendee in the webinar, and uh, what is the customer acquisition cost and lifetime value. And one by one, all my life was about like marketing, uh, development, and sales. And uh, I was completely about like, okay, if I need 10K with my check, I need 10 clients. One client cost me 200, so my marketing budget, what? To 200 times 10 clients, $2,000, and I will have $10,000 in revenue. It, it, and it happened like by August. We launched sales in June 4th, 2016, and by August we had this money. First 10K. First uh, 100,000 per month was in August 2017. Very early. Wow. Why early? It's year. It's year of uh, X10 growth. Well, what was happening be- when, uh, when I created this simple understanding, okay, this people is buying that and scaling it up. Okay, we would do online version as a webinar. After that, uh, the next uh, step was, you know, like managing people, del- deliver, etc. A lot of work there. But I was keep on searching a better way to scale the audience. I was searching another entrepreneurs from Russia, from worldwide. I was uh, launching ads, uh, Facebook ads, uh, with a simple uh, searching campaigns, like, I'm targeting, for example, entrepreneurs' interest with a specific CPM uh, that is fits me. And I was searching, okay, what is the click-through rate to this audience specific interest into my ads? And it is like small, one by one, not scientific, but it's a simple uh, way to find, I say, it, a profitable customer journeys. I would say that you understand that here is a budget that uh, $100 could turn into, for example, $500. In, for example, one month, in 30 days. And uh, that led me, even before, into searching, I would say, breakthrough economics. It's my term that I'm trying to always pump myself and my team. Like, like we, we're not looking for ordinary shit. We're looking for breakthrough economics in each and every marketing campaign. And, uh, like, the kitchen behind of this 10x was about finding... 10 to 20 such uh, breakthrough economics uh, campaigns that might have us, for example, $10,000 into 100. And I was, you know, like simply finding them. And by July 2017, I have approximately 15 to 20 audiences that I knew if I would throw, for example, 10K into this audience in one month, having 
salespeople having all the marketing activities I have, uh, they will turn into 100K. And this is, was not an, it wasn't Vegas uh, uh, type of gambling. <laughs> uh, but in uh, August uh, 2017, knowing this uh, breakthrough economics campaigns, I just got everything I have, like uh, my credit cards. I got all the money from the business wherever it was, you know, like uh, I, I have a money for salaries, for example, at that moment, et cetera. And all that money, I just, you know, like gathered and make an all-in campaign during August where all the money went to this uh, ad campaigns with this breakthrough in economics. And we hit from basically eight to $12,000 per month. And uh, by 29, yeah, probably of August, or closer to 30s, it was $101,000 uh, in revenue on account. And uh, by the 1st of August, it was $108,000. And I was like, okay, you know, like we just had a takeoff uh, to the next level. It's not like uh, in one month. What I'm trying to explain it is this is not a get-rich-quick scheme that this guy, you know, like <laughs> of make, course. Of course. make it work like in five minutes. Yeah. What was the hardest thing? Going from 100k a month to well, 10xing that basically doing a million a month. Like, what what is the hardest thing with making that jump? Well, um, honestly, we didn't make uh, on that market one million per month. Probably the best month was like 250, 300 per month. But it was just to explain what is Lilura AI uh, working from Ukraine uh, all over the world to Russian uh, speaking uh, internet. That's that's how it works. So it has its limitations, and uh, this is uh, the limitation of a market uh, where we are able to have a specific amount of uh, targeted audience uh, on the market who is able to buy our product. And uh, our next move is uh, launching uh, languages like English, Latino, languages that is popular in, for example, in East Asia. I won't just uh, expose them, but uh, that's what is the next steps. So this business in the Russian market was uh, up to $2 million euros per year on that market. I see. It, that was really, really hard to do it 300 and more. I had this next step as a goal, but uh, it was a freaking hard thing. To grow from uh, 10 to 100 was much easier than to go from 100 to 300. Yeah, I understand. So. Where was your company at early this year, and uh, how have things changed in your business since uh, Russia invaded Ukraine about a month ago? I would say, for example, in December, which is uh, we finished year at the same level at around two million overall. It changes from month to month depending on uh, sales team, etc., in revenue, and I was. You know, like completely setting up everything for English market because my attitude to English market was like our uh, support team has to be a first class. Our product has to be a first class product to go on, for example, US market, etc. And uh, this uh, five years of uh, building up a product was basically like, you know, creating a diamond, you know, like tweaking everything. And... Uh, Having this uh, bootstrap company out of these five years, basically, I invested almost six point five million dollars in uh, building up. Yes, it took 
five years to build that, but we have no investor whatsoever. And uh, this level of revenue was enough to stay hungry at the same time, but uh, effective enough to create such a good product. And uh, we was uh, preparing everything for English market and other markets. It's called localization when we have one uh, language set up. Uh, each and every we can uh, translate and deliver uh, like during one sprint, probably in two weeks. So if you need, for example, French, uh, with this localization, we can launch French like in two weeks. I mean, on the level of the product. And um, this work was like in progress. And uh, when in February uh, in the morning, we figured out that the war started. For next like 10 days, it was process of people evacuating from places where it was not safe. Uh, some people of my team still in Kiev. Some people from sales team is basically calling uh, out of shelter. Some guys, coders, volunteers in Kiev, and they uh, cut on half uh, their time uh, basically working and uh, they helping volunteering, etc. So changed a lot. We completely remote, but uh, since pandemic, we are fine with that. We have like pandemic number one, pandemic number two, when city was closed and we have to work remotely. So team is know how to do that. But uh, war is something uh, so unexpected for each and every one that uh, psychologically it's hard to gather people into mode of working. Uh, basically effective and uh, each and every meeting uh, starts with me telling them hey guys we have to mobilize ourselves wherever news you read wherever things is happening one of the main goals personally for each and every of us is basically do our best in job to keep on doing product keep on making sales keep on paying tax keep on helping army etc so if usually in uh, being a CEO, you have to motivate people with uh, controlling uh, to make their work good, talking them with uh, management, like one-on-one management, etc. Today, it shifts to a moment where I have to start each and every meeting. Okay, we have this news from war. Okay, but let's focus on that and that. So it just takes more motivational part to you know, change people's psychology from being in this new thread of uh, what is happening uh, on the war uh, into productive mode. And uh, it's quite challenging. It took like 1.5 weeks of uh, gathering them. You, have, you talk to a person, you're saying, are you fine? Are you ready? Look, it's not bombing. You're, for example, in the West Ukraine. Let's do work. But when he have a message that one of my... Uh, friends from childhood had been killed it's like fucking almost next to impossible to be productive and uh, that's how it's changed for example it's already one month uh, since everything started and uh, for example my news feed is full of uh, posts that uh, some lost his brother someone lost his husband someone lost his child which is fucking something that is uh, that's that's something that create you know like completely uh, destructive situation when you just feel anger and you want to take your just weapon and go fucking kill him and that is um, how everything has changed we're doing our best to you know like keep on things going and um, when it is a t product what what is good is about it that uh, like for five years 
since first day, uh, we have everything on Amazon setup. Uh, Amazon AWS is the best probably uh, world's uh, infrastructure for building up a products to make it easier and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it doesn't affect us, for example, like companies that have data centers in Kyiv because data centers in Kyiv suffer from electricity problems, uh, technical stuff uh, problems. People just sometimes can't get to a place where just, you know, like aviation is shelling the city and you just can't do nothing with your data center if your, if your product is there. So... Um, Having that, nothing changed a lot, but psychology to work with people, even with myself, even being uh, someone who is kind of good enough uh, in, um, I would say, stressful situations. I'm kind of calm. I can think of what I can, what, what needs to be done, etc. In such a circumstances uh, during the war, it's uh, just 10 times harder to keep yourself uh, not emotional because... First thing I was about to do is uh, when I sent uh, girlfriend and a child uh, through a border, uh, I called that I, I will be in Kiev in, uh, in 10 hours. And uh, from there, I heard like, hey, have you got experience in military operations? It's the military experience. I said, no. And uh, a guy from there who is uh, basically military said, so sit fucking where you are. Because uh, emotions, it's emotions, but uh, it won't help uh, if you're not experienced in, for example, fighting with troops. Uh, it would be just a waste of uh, weapons. And um, however, I can't, you know, like shoot, uh, you know, we, we have uh, this uh, shooting series with you as well, uh, etc. So when emotions are uh, taken over, it's almost next to impossible not to be uh, emotional when uh, things like that. And um, ah, what else uh, changed? We completely uh, cut off uh, uh, Russian and Belarusian clients, which was approximately 80% of our uh, list at that moment of clients. And uh, the way we do it uh, basically was we create a campaign where we sent approximately 50 million uh, messages, direct messages to Russians with information what is going on in Ukraine. It was 26th of February, probably. And we have a video explaining that here is Putin, this is a regime, here is your people, Russian army, who is basically dying here in Ukraine. Because what is uh, happening in Russia, uh, propaganda says that we have uh, zero uh, losses uh, in an army. Uh, our operation is completely fine. Ukraine uh, will be uh, invaded soon. Uh, our militaries uh, met uh, with Ukrainians uh, with chlip and seal uh, and flowers. <laughs> no, bullshit, like, <laughs> bullshit like that. Meanwhile, like uh, in three, in two days, it was minus 2,000 uh, uh, Russian army soldiers killed. And it's uh, the only one who was basically count down um, officially all taking all the procedures. Uh, it's much more people who is not, they don't, when they find a body that they didn't know who is this, uh, they can't put it into any statistic and it's just unknown, you know, uh, etc. And we would send this information with all that happened here, with all dead military soldiers, etc. And one link, and link was um, to a Telegram channel uh, that says, find your son, friend, husband, wherever, 
if he is a military in Russia, you can find if he is dead or what is uh, happening with him in this channel. And uh, this channel was basically a news feed of uh, each and every Russian soldier that was uh, killed or imprisoned uh, or uh, etc. By doing that, approximately 580,000 people uh, got into subscribers. It's like half a million. And um, only probably a few days ago it was blocked. Uh, and the picket uh, raised to 900 people searching their uh, information about their relatives, etc. So it's channel created by uh, Ukrainian government. And uh, we just send in direct messages uh, in messengers to Russian people and it gathers critical audience uh, to spread what is actually going on. So it was like, I would say, my position on uh, what I think is good to do uh, in this conflict. And it's, it's a part of my cyber wars and informational war uh, in this situation. This is Serena that is, says that we need to go to a shelter. It might distract oh, some... I'm outside of the city and uh, kind of chances uh, to be bombed here is low because rockets cost a lot uh, and there is no military like in 50 kilometers uh, around. So my prediction is that it's um, full of fucking unlucky. I got the rocket on my head. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I never thought I'd have a conversation like this with you, buddy. Damn. Is it uh, really a break? Um, I would say audio. Can you hear this like meow, 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 meow? I can hear it, yeah. Should we continue or should we continue? I, I, I think it's fine. I think we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> For this kind of interview, it's fine, yeah? <laughs> I think the listeners will, will, will be fine. This is one thing that has changed uh, also. Uh, approximately three to four times a day, we have to go to bomb shell, shelter, hiding from... Uh, Rockets, missiles, it's all this stuff. Even I'm in uh, around Chernivtsi. Uh, it's a city where it is calm. It is not bombed uh, probably only once or, or even zero in this area. It's West Ukraine. Uh, but uh, we have this uh, sirena alert that we need to go to shelter uh, and hide approximately two, three times a day. But in Kiev, it's like 15 to 20 times a day. And in Kyiv, there is a real threat that uh, missile just, you know, like end up in a normal, you know, like civilian building, like nine story building where people live, for example, in Padil, you know, this district on uh, Abalone, on um, Nivki and Svetoshina. It's like fucking H and every day, just something, you know, like blow up. And the uh, entire country, like, uh, has this uh, alert. Uh, at least three to four times a day, even uh, peaceful areas like mine, and to 20 times even more per day when it comes to Kiev and, uh, for example, Mariupol is completely destroyed city and thousands of thousands of civilians were killed. That is our reality, and you're watching Telegram news, what is happening, and trying to not to get involved during the day, because when you start to read this, to get to productivity is, uh, is difficult. It is something that changes well. I don't know what else to add to that, but we have this kind of situation. Building up and keep on going, building business uh, during the war. I can add one more uh, management of things. Yeah, it's really the saddest thing that I've ever uh, 
ever felt or seen in my life. And I, I worry so much for my good friends, uh, some of whom stayed in Kiev. And uh, I, I'm just, uh, uh, man, it's uh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And uh, honestly, up until the day this started, I was like, there's no way this can happen. There's nothing to gain here. It didn't make any sense. It still doesn't make much sense to me, honestly. But I'm thinking about uh, Ukraine every day and just, just hoping that uh, the dying, the, the bloodshed stops soon. Well, um, if what if it would be a fit for your podcast, we can do a separate interview on um, just polytechnological tools uh, that it's used in this conflict uh, to cyber uh, informational tools, etc. And uh, how actually businesses uh, works today with all that, and why I'm telling that. But when you saying that uh, it's you was in a feeling that there's no way it's going to happen. There is a number of people who is here in Ukraine and even me from the point of geopolitical and there is a lot of um, political tech uh, science that, uh, for example, Russians were preparing to that during the last three years actively. And you can't uh, dismiss this science because it's a specific... Uh, for example, I had a period in my life where I was uh, you know, doing entrepreneurship and doing kind of political technology projects into Latin America and, for example, Africa. And uh, I was, in, you know, like uh, a middle guy who was just, you know, analytical job doing and placing uh, strategies and what and plans what needs to take to, for example, minimize informational influence about, for example, economical situation or how to decrease uh, protests, uh, level of uh, angerness of uh, people of specific region with information and i understand how this tool works for you know like locally and when it is comes to a country like russia and it was clear that what they was preparing their people to do that it's one point and the other thing is that it's uh, a matter of uh, any regime end up like this we have just to look into history for some saddam hussein in iraq uh, he had so many wars for trying to invade uh, other countries that was boring with uh, Iraq. Um, like 1991, uh, this campaign that was America involved uh, with Kuwait, etc. It's one example that everyone is known. And the same with uh, Gaddafi in Libya, etc. And uh, when someone so much <laughs> in power and not, never changed, they all end up the same way. They're trying to create a war that is like agony of, uh, you know, like last attempt to save the power because this is the only thing that gives them ratings enough to be on uh, in position because people will ask, what the hell are we having an economy? And he's saying that, shut up, <laughs> we have a war. And this is NATO and this is Ukraine is someone who is uh, a core of our fucking problems inside the country. And this is a way just to hold power and, and that was obvious that they're preparing for that because this is like the, you know, the obvious choice for a dictator like that in that situation. It's inevitable that this war is going to happen. It was just a question of time. And we can just do, you know, like another interview where I can explain what I think from, from the point of, you know, like just technological things. Because for entrepreneurs and businesses, 
when it comes to investment, for example, uh, the core scene is, uh, is this area is safe enough to invest? Like, if you're not able to identify if this area is about to blow up in the next five years, what's the point to invest? The ability to recognize high risk uh, should be, you know, like calculated as a high risk. But if you invest like it is low risk when it is super high risk, <laughs> oh, fuck, you end up losing everything. You know, like, because you are, uh, and I think it just would be just, in, probably might be interesting for those of you who invest in, in for, for example, assets like real estate, uh, assets like bonds of some government, for example, like Ukrainian ones for last two years was on the, on the peak of profitability, like up to 20% was the ability to earn out of investments in Ukrainian. I don't remember the specific uh, paper, but uh, it was like kind of loan of, uh, of Ukrainian bond or something like that. I, I don't remember specifically what is that. So if you would like to, I, I can, we can do that. That'd be great. And actually, you, you've done a really lovely uh, segue for me uh, into investing. And uh, so let's discuss that. Vasily, how do you think about investing? What is your philosophy? And, and if, you, if you are invested in different things other than your business, you know, what kind of allocations do you, how do you think about your allocations to different uh, assets? To be honest, you are the one who actually pushed me into actually not just thinking of a method, but investing. And as you remember, probably in 2018, when we met and we was just friendly talking, you're saying that, well, I put some there, some, some real estate, some, for example, in assets. I remember this talk in 2019, probably where we're sitting in Shisha bar with some uh, friend of yours uh, from Kharkiv and you was discussing uh, Bitcoin, etc. And you said like, well, I, I switched from uh, shares, uh, stock market to, for example, to Bitcoin. It was your idea. At that moment, I wasn't investing in anything. I was just building up a business and I bought my Porsche. <laughs> so it was a very nice Porsche. <laughs> it, it, you still have still it? Is, nice is, is she in Kiev? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes, good. yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's helped me a lot even because, for example, like today, uh, when I was driving to West Ukraine, all that period, it was like uh, eighteen hours in uh, during the road. If I haven't have a, if I won't have a car, I won't be able to get out of Kiev in on twenty first. But what I'm trying to explain is that in two thousand nineteen, everything I was uh, thinking about investment could be measured with what I was actually doing. So <laughs> instead of investing, I was buying a fucking car which is from the point of investment is a stupid move because like i could invest in something some assets that could you now bring me like 10 to 20 percent per year if it would be like for example bitcoin like you did to could turn into some near how many like 500k or even more in additional profits if i would invest uh, money not into car but into into bitcoin so Long story short, in 2019, I was only investing in my business. I was doing everything that is boosting up my marketing budget. Breakthrough economics, breakthrough unit economics. It is uh, kind of my religion in business. And I was thinking only in the measures, okay, if I found some campaigns that can turn me 100 bucks into 500 bucks during 30 days, it simply means that it's like machine of producing cash. Why hell I have to invest in any other asset if I have something that doing this? And um, only after this machine is stuck with, uh, you know, like 
situation. For example, I can't invest more than $50,000 per month in ads. So this is a limitation. This economics is going to decline in uh, step-by-step conversions. So when I got into position that, okay, we fully uh, set here and uh, there is nothing to grow, I started to have some free money that I was like in a position of what I have to do with them. <laughs> because uh, that moment, I wasn't thinking even to buy apartment and anything else. I was living you know, like life, like I invest in my business, I make in cash, anything else is uh, just fuck some, somewhere in the future. But talking to you, it led me to read about it. It led me to understand what could be my portfolio. It led me to thinking of how I have to divide assets to make it risk control, in control, you know, like diversify, etc. And out of this thinking, I uh, then eventually end up just, you know, buying a little gold, a little Bitcoin. But it was uh, already not when it used to be, but it's happened when uh, markets start bullying. We have a talk with you probably in 2020 when it was pandemic and we have this uh, shooting series with golf from Tinder. It was a moment when Bitcoin hit somewhere near, near 3,000 something, 3,015. And I was thinking like, okay, I have like 10 to 20K dollars. Why not to buy it? And I ask, us, ask you what, what it needs to take. And you tell me, well, you can go here and there and uh, just put in cash here. You have in Bitcoin on your hard wallet, etc., or something like that. And I was, uh, uh, I was so busy and it was not in my priority that uh, we met, for example, it was April or May, but when it turned in August, like it was from 3.5 to 10,000 when um, Michael Saylor started to invest like heavily and it's just take off <laughs> uh, to all time high and, uh, once again, I, I was time to do that. It, and I felt myself former, as you remember. And like, okay, Kintaro, <laughs> dude, I mess. I lost this uh, moment when it was time to to buy Bitcoin for three point five. It was like, why hell not thinking people who is skilled enough in this question, you know? Yeah, like I usually do in business. And so my investing today is uh, cash and uh, Bitcoin, some Ethereum, because it's just a little bit, uh, you know. The small portions it diversifies uh, something, and um, I didn't buy any real estate or something like that. And uh, I have a few projects that I am investing, you know, like a little more, just like in the businesses that I'm about to grow up. So to make it really short, business is number one thing to invest in, and uh, when it comes to store value, it's not investing. That what I would suggest to say is that, as far as I understood, it's store value. Not to lose, you know, like you need some cash just to for living life and uh, for, you know, daily use. And um, to store value, I think crypto and Bitcoin, if you done right, might be a good thing when it comes to storing in a five-year plus period. So I'm in, I would suggest that I'm investing in my business, yes. When it comes to, for example, Bitcoin uh, and other assets, it's more about storing values than just investing. Or investing, I don't know. You, you're a better expert in that. Uh, 
Well, well, thank you. But uh, honestly, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I have uh, tried my best to talk to smart people about investing and uh, I've, I've done a lot of uh, studying on the topic, but you know, investing is one of those things where like, we will not know if we made the right decisions until like, we're, you know, like 20 years from now, you know, like, only, only time <laughs> because, <laughs> right. Because, uh, uh, I, I don't know if I told you before I, I bought an apartment in Kiev in December and, uh, you know, so 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Like four months ago. So it's still there. You know, it's fine. But uh, yeah, well, you see it in the camera. I haven't seen the camera, but I'm told that it's well, I mean, well, Kiev Center has been totally like fine and untouched, right? Like the protections that the city has are, are quite good from everything that I hear from people that are there. So yeah, I mean, we just don't know. And uh, like, yes, my conviction in Bitcoin is very strong, and uh, I have acted on that uh, belief uh, with my own savings. Uh, it's the thing that I have the most confidence in. I can defend my position, and that's why I, uh, you know, encourage you know people that I care about to hold it too. Because, well, listen, like, uh, well, nothing like a war starting three months after you buy an apartment somewhere to like teach you, like, well. You know, it's good to have fucking portable wealth, right? Like, and Bitcoin, you know, there can be revolutions or wars, and Bitcoin will always have demand uh, because every everybody in the world wants it either now or they will realize that in the future. And uh, you know, the way governments are acting uh, the last uh, couple of years, especially, I think, really makes a strong case to own Bitcoin. Some people make objections that Bitcoin is um, some asset that can be just disappear if it would be no electricity. And uh, this is a stupid objection of, you know, like people who in a situation and under the, not understanding the crucial technological uh, tightment uh, into economy. If it is no electricity on the planet, at least for one hour, a few hours on a whole planet, it's going to be even bigger destroyment and uh, collapse than any nuclear war possible. So, uh, and just when you're saying that it is a big, big asset, I know that people listening like, hell, I don't know, it's, it's a stupid stuff. Like, you know, the earth is uh, flat. Uh, the <laughs> movement. <laughs> and uh, when you're talking to that, I heard like a really interview when someone was asking like, well, what happened to Bitcoin if it's there is... Um, uh, electricity would be turned off. How you can pay that if you have no electricity? And, uh, you know, like, it's, it's a question, like, uh, from people who think that, you know, Earth is going to be flat. Mm. Yeah, well, if there's no electricity around the world for a day, that means, like, millions of people die. Like, maybe probably tens of millions, right? Uh, all, all the hospitals, all the, the violence, uh, you know, it's lack collapse. of communication. Humanity. Right? Like, uh, if it's just for an hour or a day, it's you know I'm 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 sure it like humanity won't go extinct, but like yeah, that's like tens of millions of deaths. Bitcoin will end up working uh, even after that if it will if electricity will be turned like on again. But the question of is there is any type of money uh, like wherever it is uh, could be a good fit in a situation like that when humanity is collapsed. When humanity is collapsed. The only thing that will work as money in that situation is guns and food. That's it. And bullets. And uh, yeah, if you know people want to prepare for that, that's fine. But you can't uh, plan for the success and abundant lifestyle of your grandchildren by like just putting all your money in guns and bullets. 
right? Uh, and obviously, I mean, not to mention stocks, you know, what are you going to do with your, you know, what stocks without electricity or internet, uh, gold? I mean, would I want a piece of gold? I mean, no, like give me canned food or some bullets. To explain that and convey what my idea is when, when I feel myself like uh, myself asking that questions when I was um, interested in Bitcoin, I was asking myself, okay, what if a situation in a world like this? What if is that? And this type of thinking is kind of useless if you're not knowing the history of how basically humanity economic works in these cycles. And I don't know if you read this book or not. Uh, it's um, Ray Dalio, Principles. And uh, uh, Principles is good enough uh, to explain. Uh, and video, for example, for 30 minutes, he put it on a YouTube. It's called How Economic Machine Works. And explains the cycle of uh, growing productivity, how money turns from one person to another, how debt crisis, uh, how debt crisis has appeared, etc. Uh, this video in 30 minutes is probably the one thing good enough to understand that Bitcoin has a future because of uh, usual monetary system is uh, working like that. That the whole economy is working like Ray Dalio on this video explains, and the Bitcoin is a shift into a moment where you basically have like, yeah, digital gold, wherever, store of value. It's probably not the best tool to basically pay one each other because of volatility, but it is the early stage of growing Bitcoin. But it gives understanding why not to ask yourself a stupid question and to be in the fucking doubts, uh, should you buy it right now or not? Because it was my, me, like, well, what is that? What is it? It does not fucking matter. <laughs> If the world is completely fucked, there is no other asset that could be worse enough for investing. Like you said, no point to invest in stock if everything is collapsed. Do you think that uh, a paper of uh, paper dollars uh, uh, under your mattress <laughs> will save your life? No. Yes, like you said, only fucking bullets and food is something that would be a best currency in the moments of uh, people. In uh, And um, to summarize uh, what I would like even to say probably... Uh, optimistic ones, uh, ideas. We talk about like war and things that's happening. What I see even from a point of like war here in Ukraine, that as I said, it's inevitable, for example, for this specific region in this specific circumstances and in this specific moment of a history. And uh, when trying to explain that, for example, uh, making decision of uh, building up a business or buying, like you said, a flat somewhere, is uh, decisions that needs to be done, made, I don't know what is the right way to say, out of understanding from local to global, I would say, forces that influence a specific investment. Because, uh, well, for example, listen to Ray Dalio, on the other hand, I'm listening for uh, a short uh, like insights on how running business in this crisis, for example, like this uh, Andreessen Horowitz, From Hard Things to Hard Things. Uh, hard things about hard things. And one book explains how to measure crisis in your company, in your industry, when it is financial crisis, it influences you, uh, how to measure people, etc. And uh, this gives you a vision on how to act towards and prevent problems that could be a fatal ones, you know, like existential problems in business specifically. But when Ray Dalio book is explaining that there is a huge number of uh, trends and forces that influence a specific region, you're able to be more, I would say, consciousness of making your bets and uh, to be realistic on the risks uh, you're going to take. For example, when you're saying that 
for you wasn't clear that it's going to be a conflict. I don't remember when we were talking uh, once again. Uh, I said that I was trying to say that a few times that it is inevitable. Even remember we were shooting uh, on this place in Bravary. And few guys were the militaries, and we was talking about something like that. And I said that they guys from uh, East Ukraine, from Donetsk, they was a military. And uh, all this, when it comes, even what is good about you, you you actually in Ukraine, the one who is American and investing, for example, in property, it's good to be uh, attentive enough, understanding what is outside global trends and what is inside. and. Having this in place, like understand that in the perspective of a few years is going to be a conflict, is like 90% yes, uh, uh, it will be, then uh, no, it won't. Because even having this conflict in uh, Donetsk and Lugansk and Crimea is, uh, you know, like something that is you're not able not to see, that is, uh, and they are there. Uh, but meanwhile, for some reason, people listen to a news or something that it is good enough and they making themselves calm, uh, etc. But the good part and the best part is that you invested in December before this conflict in the apartment. And the best part about your bet, it's a risky one. While you're not conscious how risky it was, and you might think, fuck, I bought an apartment and now it's going to be like half price, something like that. On global scale and in the past of five years, it's probably one of your best investment would be. Because uh, knowing what is going on right now, for example, for you, I will tell you that, yes, our military uh, was working eight years to be prepared like that, to fight back like that. And uh, we're not just fighting the second army in the world, but we're killing them like, you know, super effectively. It's like one to 20. One Ukrainian military killed 20 uh, Russians. Even having this complete people amount uh, disadvantage. And uh, having that in place, we have, for example, situations that with the support of US, with the support of Poland and other countries, etc., we're going to win in this conflict. Each war ends up peaceful agreement. And uh, war is winning when you make an agreement that is done on a better benefits for yourself as it was before the war. And it is clear that we're going to have the one like that. And uh, your apartment taken into account, after all that, and taking into account global forces and the amount of uh, Russian money frozen on uh, accounts in America, EU, etc., uh, is the money that is going to flood in to build up an infrastructure. This lead to building up a new defense unity of countries who are going to be better than NATO because NATO is kind of dickless at that point <laughs> and not effective. And uh, you end up having an apartment in five years that is uh, probably in a region that would be just flooded with investment and money and uh, people who is going to come here just to build the infrastructure back is going to spike pricing on um, Real estate, I think, like twice times than it is right now or even before. So basically, even in the perspective of two, three years, you would have rental in Kiev that is, for example, I don't know, maybe 1,000 per month today is going to be like 2.5 to 3,000 because it's a lack of supply. I mean, apartments. 
because everything is destroyed. People put a lot of money, a lot of uh, foreign uh, specialists will come to rebuild everything, and the pricing will go just, you know. Something close to that you can see when uh, Dubai was uh, trying to build up Dubai. It was just a fucking desert, <laughs> a lot of money. And um, they have uh, people, workers who live in the budget apartments. But when it comes to a good something, uh, it was kind of super high pricing. And uh, real estate there still, and for now, even one of the best assets to invest in, etc., etc., etc. And you can look back like for this 20 years, what happened to Dubai with all the money they have and with all this super type of uh, economics structure. Yeah, uh, there were some uh, celebrations in Dubai uh, or UAE in general when I was there late last year. And the country was formed 50 years ago. The country is 50 years old. It's unbelievable, right? Like, I mean, it's insane. And uh, that's really interesting what you say about like how you define winning a war like that. The country situation is better than before the war because as really uh, sad and awful what's happened uh, in Ukraine this past month, you know, the, the amount of support that the world has shown for Ukraine and the recognition that Ukraine has gotten and the pride that all Ukrainians can hold for the uh, the courage and bravery of the people that are there. It's unbelievable. It's this tremendous outpouring of support and love for, for Ukraine and its people. And uh, I don't suppose there's a single person in the world that doesn't know where Ukraine is now or that has never heard of Ukraine. Before that, it was like, what? Ukraine, Kiev, it's some near Russia. Today is like, what? A balloon? Is it near Hero of Dnipro? I saw that meme. I saw that meme. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so this um, is just so a yeah. price it's just a price and my word is that uh, you don't need to worry about for example your investment in that moment and uh, what i'm uh, really like about you is that you're lucky i don't know how it's from my perspective i am the luckiest guy i know that's true it's the way you think and uh, this is my uh, like call to action to listen to what you're saying is because uh, in this, for example, from 2017 to 2022 today, uh, as I know you, yes, uh, each and every word I heard from you is basically, uh, as far as I understood, on the background, is your actions, for example, in Bitcoin, in real estate, in other things, etc. But these actions you take might be suggested by me as a, a major in investment uh, as lucky, but it is not lucky, it's your job, as far as I understood. It's your skill, how you, you know, like uh, invest in time. Uh, and money into basically build up a skill and uh, the only thing that i'm trying to explain is that you're not just lucky you're just someone who has the skill and it's good uh, sometimes to see that you're saying i didn't know that the war is going to happen but i bought an apartment in december and i'm like fuck and you will end up in a situation where it's this apartment price will spike like twice maybe in 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 next few years uh, for me, it's lucky because you say in yourself that it is like, I don't suppose to have a war in Kyiv. That's why I bought an apartment. It was safe enough to buy. But as it, as it turns out, Ukraine is today one of the biggest brands. Uh, just because of that, we paying this price of huge destroyment and people, you know, lives, etc. But on the other hand, we have uh, each and every in the world know who we are and uh, what we are. And that attention uh, then turns into trend into investing in Ukraine, which affects your investment long term.
Mm-hmm. As well. Yeah, Ukraine, you know, th- this war will end, uh, I hope, very, very soon. And uh, Ukraine has an extremely bright future ahead. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, how many people around the world are, are have seen what's happened and, and the courage of the Ukrainian people? And they're like, fuck, I want to go there. I want to live there. I, I'm sure millions of people around the world like that. Can you imagine like like how many people were like, oh, my God, I want to go to Ukraine, uh, you know, a, a year ago, right? Uh, when we was talking to you, one of my ideas uh, to build a YouTube channel, I don't remember if I told you that, was about um, creating a blog about Ukraine as a place to live for a foreigner. And uh, rare people know uh, how tasty it is in Kiev and how cheap it is to live there. With the highest level of quality of this food and everything, There is, I didn't find any other place in the world with a, such a you know, like price to quality combination and uh, imagine what will happen like in five years when we will for example show that uh, the beauty of our girls is something they like you, you never met you know so many victoria's secret models <laughs> in one restaurant you know like it's a uh, high, highest percentage on the square meter of uh, beautifulness uh, i mean when it is just even like that yeah and when it Be- beauty per to, square meter is off the charts well it's it's, it's it's like metrics of you know like how many oil uh, in a cubic uh, kilometer of uh, soil <laughs> it's our treasure as well yeah exactly and 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 i just want to note um a lot of people have asked me like, you know, oh, sorry about your apartment or like they tell me sorry about your apartment. And, and I tell them actually like I, I have no regrets. I, I don't feel bad about it at all. I asked myself many times before I started buying property in Ukraine, I said, will there ever be Russian tanks in Kiev? I said, there's no way. I, I said, it's impossible. So I said, okay, so it should be fine. But, you know, despite my belief in that, I said, well, if, if, like I sized my allocation, my, my investment, right? So, you know, it, it was an amount you know, the amount that I have invested any one thing, it's like, well, if it goes to zero, it won't kill me. I think by following that process. Have you got time to explain that? Yeah, sure. Sure. It's your mindset on how you're basically making decisions because what you said, you asked me about allocation, but I'm not into that. I'm not thinking over these terms. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sure. I thought about it, but I don't know it. I would great to hear you how your decision making uh, brain works. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. So pretty well-known concepts in investing is diversification, right? Don't put everything, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all of your wealth into one thing. You may believe that uh, Google stock, Apple stock, copper is going to go up a lot over the next 10 years, 100 years. Don't put everything in there because if you're wrong, you know, if something happens, if we find a if an asteroid hits the earth and it has a bunch of gold in it or copper in it and like you know the the value of this goes to zero then like you don't want to attach all your net worth to that right so diversification right so how do you diversify how do you think about how much you put into certain things my strongest conviction that i've ever had in my life is bitcoin i really strongly believe that you know bitcoin's going to be worth a million dollars per bitcoin or more in the next 10 years and I think that... But when it's happened? When? I, I think in the next 10 years. Let's, let's call it 15. No, no, you know, no. no, no. I'm trying to ex- ask a question. When you came to such a conclusion? Because before that, you was investing in other assets. It's always good to explain what was your decision-making while it was transitioning. Because as I explained, my transition into investment was just because of you. You, you was a, a real-life example, like just I can talk to, who is doing this stuff and literally... 
shifting from stocks to Bitcoin. And I'm like sitting like, fuck, Buffett sucks or what? <laughs> because I was reading books about, you know, like mainstream that Bitcoin is shit, etc. And you have to invest in stocks and like 8% per week, etc. But most people think like that because it's this uh, common sense and it's... Uh, it's already uh, in last 50 to 30 years is something that people used to do. Real estate is number one, stock is number two, maybe gold and silver is number four. But why the hell we have to invest in some sort of digital wherever? Like, how you was shifting that? I have a good friend who's a financial advisor, and I've known him for probably 10 years. And when I first started to make money, I asked for his help and advice. That got me started in buying uh, uh, stocks. Uh, what's, what's funny is I, I I do remember asking him back in like 2013, like, "Hey, should I buy some Bitcoin?" He's like, "Well, it's pretty risky. It might go to zero, and I didn't." But you know, of course, it's my fault. You know, it's just, just funny, <laughs> funny to remember these kinds of things. So listening right? to somebody's fault, yeah. Who, who knows, man? Uh, you know, m- maybe I'm totally wrong, uh, or maybe I'm totally right. May I ask you when you start to invest? On what level of income you start to invest? For example, it's curious even for me because some. I was holding myself if I'm not making like 10, 20K per month, what's the point to invest? But I, I was idiot thinking like that. I really always cared more about net worth than um, like income per month. Like even with making like, you know, 50K a month, 100K a month. I mean, like that's really great, of course. But I, I always like to look at what I've accumulated. And that is what made me feel secure because I always felt like the income can go to zero tomorrow. And having that feeling and having experience being completely broke really motivated me to to not spend a lot of money, to really save as much as I could. So in terms of net worth, I'd say, well, and consider that like I, you know, it take it took me some time to like actually, I don't know, for example, like like once I had a hundred K, once I had a hundred grand, I was like, okay, like this is nice. Like I feel like I might survive. There is a measurement of, you know, like uh, life, uh, this, um, the amount you need to survive. Then there is a life uh, gradation of uh, how much money do you need to get uh, financial prosperity or something like that. And uh, there is a levels and you can count down them. Probably Tony Robbins has an application where you can set it up your spendings and it will calculate you what is your survival but consider that like i'm I'm not talking about 100 grand a year or a month i'm just talking about like once i had a net worth of 100 grand so like once i had 100k i was like okay i can breathe next milestone that i felt different was like 300k and i was like okay like if i lose everything tomorrow if i lose the business tomorrow i can survive for a few years and like i won't start having this 100 300 300 and then uh, of course a million you just you're like wow cool although like the problem is a million bucks is like almost nothing because... But people like, think it is like it, it, a lot. <laughs> you know, like the, the word millionaire was like coined when like that was like a billion dollars, right? Like that's John D. Rockefeller's time. But a million bucks means like if I live for 50 more years, so like I live till I'm 80 or so, that means that I can spend $20,000 a year for the next 50 years. That's a million it's bucks. It's, it's, it's like shit, worth it. right? I mean, yes, it's like- you know... I mean, like, okay, like if I if I choose like a like a nice but simple life in Thailand or something, like fine, but like it's not really like this like amazing level of security at all, right? Next level was um, I, I'd say two mil because then you feel like, well, I can really fuck up and still have a mil left. 
<laughs> and then and above that is just uh, it's uh, you just, feel just more just secure bonus to yeah. risk but i i think above two it's like mm, i don't know like you, you just it's like cool but mm, it doesn't like change your life anymore right but just to answer your your first question at about like two three hundred k i was like okay you know i need to do something with this so it makes me more money and I uh, worked my my friend, and then uh, you know I, I was I had stocks. You know I invested through him uh, with his advisory for a long time, and then like 2018, Bitcoin crashed. It was the second time I saw it go up a lot and crash. And I was like, this thing is not going away. It seems. Let me study it. I studied the fuck out of it, and uh, I was like, okay, like I I think that this will grow faster than stocks. I I had no idea how fast it would grow again. Would it take like five years, ten years? But I said, like, probably this is going to grow faster than 8% a year. So I was like, okay, I want to make an allocation in Bitcoin. And that's kind of how I started. And you shifted from stock to Bitcoin. Yeah. Well, as far as I understood, the halving cycles is something that spikes an uh, bull trend each and every time. Yep. There's that. But like, dude, now, I mean, there's so many things, you know. I mean, Russia just had two thirds of its treasury reserves frozen. Right, that's kind of a fucking big deal that a country can't access. And it's country. It's actually it's country. Yeah, that's a fucking country with like lot like with nukes. They have nuclear bombs and they have their shit frozen. You know, on on top of that, like with all the money that was printed by governments, you know, from COVID, you know, it's clear that governments don't give a shit about you know savers and regular people. They will just print money until it. Is worth nothing. So the best way to protect from that is is Bitcoin. And uh, there's there's really nothing better because like I was looking at apartments to buy in Tokyo. And uh, by the way, like if you want like a pretty nice apartment in like a good part of the city, you're gonna pay like two million dollars for like seventy square meters. It's like fucking ridiculous, right? This pricing is uh, just uh, the ones uh, it was when Japan had this. A huge economic growth back in 2080s, probably, not 2080s, but 1980s. 1980s oh, I don't remember yep. what was. Yep. Yeah, when, when it was a huge bubble of uh, real estate uh, in uh, Japan. Yeah, really fascinating, like thing that happened in Japan. And there is a really great documentary you can find on YouTube. It's called "The Princes of the Yen," and it's also a book, but they made a documentary out of it. But basically, the the central bank. I mean, it, you know, it, it seems that the central bank directed commercial banks to put out, like, make as many loans as possible to people, which drove up asset prices. And then there was this massive bubble over the course of five years. And at the peak of the bubble, there is this little piece of land in the center of Tokyo. It's like a park, but like it's it's the emperor's palace. So this like piece of dirt in the center of Tokyo at the peak of this bubble. Emperor's palace dirt, not historical well, treasure. Well, 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 okay. I mean, I mean, just a piece of land. <laughs> yeah. So this piece of land in the center of Tokyo was worth more than all of the real estate in California at the peak of this bubble. Okay. It was also worth more than all of New York City at the peak of this bubble. So like this bubble was insane. And uh, yeah, so during that time, I mean, it, it was it was absolutely like unbelievable. And uh, I don't know how high prices went per square meter or what back then, but I mean, it was just like retarded levels. So yeah, what I wanted to say about Tokyo apartments is I can put a million bucks into an apartment in Tokyo, but the problem is that um, I'm going to have to pay like 1% a year in property tax. So I'll have to pay $10,000 a year just to keep my apartment. Plus, you know, the thousand bucks a month, 500 bucks a month in maintenance. So I have to pay the government a tax just to keep this property. If I stop paying it, I lose my property. If they raise the tax to 5% a year, I lose the property, right? So, I mean, governments have, like all these taxes are enforced by 
a gun. It's not the tool to store value. It, it's it's not a good store of value. And uh, basically, the only asset in the world that you can like reasonably use and is portable, which the government can't steal from you, is Bitcoin. Right, you know uh, all the sanctions, all the accounts being frozen, whether in you know of Russians or fucking Canadians that donated twenty bucks to a protest, they have their account frozen. Right, like your money in the bank is uh, not safe. Your cash is not safe because of inflation. Stocks can be frozen anytime. Gold is a dumb rock, and and like I mean, it, the price of gold is flat the last ten years. It's crazy. Like all the shit that's happened, all the new money that's printed, and it's flat. It makes no sense. Unless you think that money has flown from gold into Bitcoin, which there's a lot of evidence that it has. So like everybody needs to have at least some money in an asset that nobody can take from you. And uh, and that's Bitcoin. And and also it's so early in Bitcoin's uh, adoption cycle that this thing is going to go up. Another, I mean, Bitcoin either goes to zero or it's going to go to like $10 million plus per Bitcoin. Eventually, it's going to be a mil- infinite dollars per Bitcoin because you won't even be able to buy Bitcoin with dollars. But we're so early that if you have money you don't need for Three years, five years, ten years. Like you just have to have an allocation because look at all the crazy shit that happened. You know, last couple of years. There's gonna be more crazy shit that happens, right? And uh, if if you don't like, money is a representation of of your blood, sweat, and tears. Like like your money is what you traded time with your kids for, right? This is to give yourself and your kids a better life. And like every hour and every sleepless night you had was time you could have spent with your mom or your kids or like you know doing things that you like but you didn't you sacrificed for that money and that money's being stolen from us every day whether we keep it in cash or put it in a bank or put it in stocks all of this because of inflation yeah because of inflation and and because we just can't trust these the the governments They're, you just can't trust them and uh, there's so many instances in history that governments just take people's gold take people's shit uh, U.S. government stole, uh, you know, froze the assets of Japanese companies and citizens, uh, but you know, uh, before World War II, because America wanted to go into World War II. I mean, you know, governments are just the biggest evil in the world. Everybody needs to own something that they can't take away from you, and Bitcoin's going to go up a lot. So that's why we all have to have some. That's your way to decision making. So if the government is the number one criminal who's stealing your wealth. What else I have to uh, store my value with? With something that is not in control. It is a consideration, but like a- another strong reason is that Bitcoin is it's either going to infinity or zero, and like I don't think it's going to zero. I think it's past the um, the critical point. Yeah, critical point that is it's uh, inevitable to grow because such a bigger who call them them whales or but I'm more about institutional one and businesses and companies who make a bet on Bitcoin, for example, like in 2020, for me, it was a not never ever turning back point where everything is going to be just up when this uh, sailor, mask, and like 20 plus, it's people whom I not just but trust, but they are influencers for me. And when I see that their uh, balance sheets basically diversify with Bitcoin, like Tesla, this um, chip makers, uh, Twitter, and the list goes just going on. Learning why they do that is c- kind of a clear understanding that there is no other better way. And with choosing the options to stock in your account, and it could be or text, like in US right now, oh, <laughs> you have a spike on your holdings in your shares. 
you have to pay a tax on this uh, <laughs> not gain profits or what is this shit is like it, it's yeah, ridiculous like a, a, a capital gains maybe yeah capital gains yes 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 it's a fucking ridiculous tax and it is just you know it's it's basically stealing money out of people who are investing in economy they basically they, they 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 take their money they invest it in economy this economy can you know like build up because they buying stocks people basically invest in economy but government says hey we will fucking punish you <laughs> <laughs> because you are too lucky you're too, too smart to be too smart to that, that so i will take that shut up oh elon musk shut up just uh, and pay a huge amount so it's, it's, this is dismotivational stuff yeah the last question what uh probably i would like to ask you and maybe it is a good idea would be to put into in the first minutes of this conversation about investment what is the goal of investing? For example, I was trying to explain myself what is this about. And goal setting for me, like entrepreneur, is a number one turning point to actually act and do something. While I don't understand why actually to do that, for me it was like a noise. People were talking about investing, investing, investing. And I was hearing about that and I usually heard that almost 90% of everything that people trying to invest in anything was just fucking turning into losses and um in this moment when i met you for me picture of why to do that was clear because i remember you said this question that it's not about even passive income but it was more about you like you said net worth and uh when you said net worth for example for me as entrepreneur tech entrepreneur net worth means for example my company if some vc invests for example some amount of money it could be not for example 10 million 50 million 100 million in net worth but on just on paper is it net worth but it is uh, something a type of net worth that i'm not able to quickly transition as a currency that is was i uh, with what i can use something yes I, I can buy something with my shares somewhere but it is uh, too difficult transactions it's just for example bitcoin um, and uh, when we were talking with you as entrepreneur I was like, oh, this guy is investing his money in stocks and, and et cetera to have net worth. I invest in my business. And uh, at that point, before war, for example, I have offers to, to value Deluda AI at 50 plus million. People were saying, okay, I got, I'm ready to invest this amount of like 500K, 1.5 million for that amount of shares, which is simply means this transaction happened. My company is, but it's only on paper. It's good. It's making me feel better. But if I'm not... Uh, growing it's uh, stuck to nothing and uh, what is the goal uh, in in business net worth out of tech company and growing it uh, value is uh, goal you that's why you in the morning wake up and go fucking grind as a ceo <laughs> uh, to make things working as an investor for example your position because it's something that explains everything even for me back then why i have to even have a small portion of money to diversify in portfolio and uh, start to put some money in there. I just want to quickly say that I never considered my business's value as part of my net worth because it's just so easy for business to be worth nothing. And uh, maybe it's a... Uh, you know, just uh, you know, thinking like a poor person, like oh, like this gonna this might be gone tomorrow. Like some people would talk down. To that kind of thinking like oh you need to have like think about abundance and stuff but no like my, my goal was um, always to just have a good life and i didn't want to overextend myself so i never considered um 
the business's value is part of my net worth. Uh, to me, like what I use to calculate my net worth is pretty much just my Bitcoin because like even before I, you know, this apartment and and you know what happened in Ukraine, like real estate, I mean, I want my Bitcoin number to go up every year. I want the number of Bitcoin I, I hold to go up every year. My real estate is just my insurance policy. Like if Bitcoin does go to zero, which I, I think is like almost impossible, but it's possible, then I have the real estate in a few different countries with different risks and like I'll at least have a place to live or rent it out, make a few grand a month, whatever. So like real estate is my insurance policy. Bitcoin's the main thing I care about. Uh, to answer your question about what is the goal of investing? My personal goal is I want to have just an amazing life, an exceptional life. I want to live as if I lived a hundred lifetimes. I want to go to a lot of places, uh, weird places that few people go to. I want to try different stuff. I want to. I want to sail, you know, in different places. Dreams uh, turn. I just want to have a really, a uh, really fun life and and a really cool life. And I, I don't want to. Man, like I, I look around in Japan and like people here, they they live to work. You know, my barber, he works 14 hours a day, six days a week. That's normal for him. I mean, my fucking barber, you know, <laughs> like, like it's, it's really different planet here. Dif- different planet here. Seriously. I, I'm glad I didn't grow up here because I would have not survived. Like, I, I, you know, you're competing against people that like are fine with working 16 hour days and they also don't care about money. So like you will never like you, you can't be like, hey, I'm number one. Like, give me a raise. I'll be like, no, there's like five million more of you. Like I would not have survived here so it's obsession yeah it's it's a culture it's um it's just it's it's yeah it's just how it is you know for better or for worse but yeah i i want to have a really exceptional life i want to be able to take care of people that i love you know my family you know if if anything happens then then i can i can help i want to be in that position and i i just want to uh do the things i want to do i never had like a marketing company because i love marketing like i it was just the first thing that didn't suck but I, I never was like, I want to do this forever. Like, no, like the, you know, I, I did all that and all the companies that failed before because I wanted to live a life of optionality and freedom and um, like extraordinary experiences and be able to be there for people that I care about uh, should they need me. So for me, investing equals money. You're just trying to make more money, have more money. Why is money important? Because money is options, money is freedom. Practically all problems that can be solved can be solved with money, right? Like, you know, you, you, someone in your family needs a surgery. You got to go help somebody on short notice. I, I don't know. I mean, so money money is freedom. And uh, that's that's what I want more of. Okay. I just always uh, trying to resume that what works for me is to switch me from mindset of just investing in my business and investing into something else was this uh, probably your idea when you said that It's about money, making money as passive as it could be. It's about probably, I don't know if you, it's your uh, idea or you give me some interview, uh, but the core idea was about you making less decisions, but the ones that turn in, for example, three to five to 10 years, make your money kind of work according to your strategy. And Uh, that come down to, for example, if I would like to have, for example, in dividends or any type of uh, passive income amount, at least, for example, 20K per month, uh, then I have to have some near few million dollars uh, working for me on my portfolio by 10% per month, per, per year. So if it is few million, 10% per year, it means 200K per, per year divided 
times 12, yes? And that's amount that could be, if it is optimistic, it's a calculation on how I get my goal number of at, at around, for example, 20k per month that comes passive. And I don't remember if it's your idea but or interview, but uh, the goal was about that, that you build in a business, you have any cash, and you turn in this cash into an asset uh, that grows uh, at least 10% per year. And as more as in you able to invest and make these wise decisions, more such wise decisions in your uh, strategy, in your portfolio, uh, then uh, better outcome you will have uh, an ability to not to work, but still buy business class flights, travels, feed yourself and family, and all type from simple to luxurious ones. You know, perhaps that was from our conversation, or maybe I mentioned something like that before. But I, I don't think ten percent a year is enough anymore. And and I've made, uh, I've bought property with the goal of making ten percent a year in the last few years. It, it was like kind of what I was hoping to get. But I think that uh, inflation is so high, and it's going to keep getting worse. That ten uh, percent a year just means you'd lock yourself into like a slightly better situation than holding cash. But it's actually not enough. And uh, I think that pretty much Bitcoin's the only thing that can outpace inflation, uh, which is probably like 20 or 30% a year now, if you hold dollars. So price of things are just going to you know, continue to go up. And th- there's just no traditional asset that can outrun that except for Bitcoin. That I took like a tra- traditional idea of why to invest. Yes. And uh, Bitcoin is a tool that you basically sold me. Uh, and especially when it comes to August 2020. I was sitting like it was a huge FOMO because I was like, fuck. Uh, and then when it is hit like uh, in February, uh, more than 40K per Bitcoin. And in April 2020, it was about 3.5 when we talked to and I was about to buy it. I'm already like, okay. And you explained me how this things works. And you explained me that this money is printed the way that is inflation is a huge and like to have 10%, it means you're losing 10% per year because of money, etc. Now, the only was I trying to explain that when you have a goal, for example, at least 10%, it makes you think the way you're trying to find a tool that will bring you that. And then you find uh, a guy like Kintaro who is say, huh, 10% is shit. Bitcoin can give you like at least 200 per year. And they're like, wow. <laughs> And your decision-making machine from just thinking over that to acting like that uh, is like, I found myself, like I was figuring out in Bitcoin, it took me one week to buy uh, this uh, hard wallet to set up this Binance, Coinbase, all this type of places where you can buy it. Actually, I found all the network, like we're talking to you with who is able to basically uh, give me Bitcoin uh, out of cash, etc. So, so when you have a, such a goal and motivation and uh, clear enough, you act. Because I think that a lot of people still listening to you, uh, not figuring out why is this guy is such a um, visionary about Bitcoin, and uh, they they you know not because they don't know what is uh, behind the scene is happening. It's me watching you, and this is how you influence my decision making. However, I was a believer that the business is the only place you need to invest right now. Uh, I clearly understand that having a business before when it is like small, medium business is a place to invest better than Bitcoin. If you have $100 that can you make $2,000, there is no asset that can give you 2,000% during a month. 
except small and medium business. That's true. And that's really amazing. And you should put a lot of money into those opportunities. But I think it is smart to you know, take some profits as you go and just put it in Bitcoin because you know there, there are a lot of stories after like 2007 and 8 uh, real estate, uh, well, like e- economic crash in US about like people that were basically making that kind of money flipping homes. They buy a home, fix it, sell it, prices double. Then they like take all this money, buy three homes, take all that profit, buy six homes, buy 12 homes, buy 24 homes. And then the market all crashes. Now you lost everything. It's, just, it's, it's all gone. And uh, this happened to so many people. You know, it, it's, it's, like, it's like betting everything on red in roulette, right? Like you, you double it, you double it, you double it, you double it, and you, you lose it all. So it, it makes sense to have some allocation in something else. And I believe the best, the superior asset is, uh, is Bitcoin. And that's why I recommend it for you too. So wherever, you, wherever someone is physical, for example, a random guy who is making, for example, 2,000 or 5,000, your advice is to take some money and just stick to hodl strategy in Bitcoin. It means you buy wherever, just uh, month by month. Buy a hundred dollars of Bitcoin a month or a thousand dollars. Like, I mean, what I usually recommend is like money you don't need for like two to four years. Four if you want to be extremely safe, but I, I think like two years is fine. And just just buy regardless of the price. You can automate this with the, some uh, you know some companies out there. They just automatically take money out of your account and buy Bitcoin for you every week or every month. And that money's going to grow to be a lot. You know, a lot of people will be able to retire early by having understood and uh, owned Bitcoin and uh, protected it sufficiently. But uh, you do have to put in the work to understand this thing. And uh, it's, uh, you know, th- there's a reason why not everyone is a Bitcoin billionaire already. It's because like, you got to actually like learn this shit. And like Bitcoiners often, I mean, generally have like a few common traits, like distrust for government, like understanding of monetary history, understanding of like the petrodollar system, you know, just like you just have to like have a few overlapping, a few pieces of overlapping knowledge, overlapping knowledge to like kind of start to understand it. But it still takes time to understand. So, but uh, it's it's the best investment that I think any of us can make is is putting in the the fifty or hundred hours to to understand Bitcoin and then just just buy it, like buy it with conviction and hold it for ten years, hundred years. Um, there is a calculator of uh, what it is complicated percent percent or what is this uh, in in english the percent that goes out of percent before when you invest for example 100 bucks ah compound interest and there is a calculator and uh, what i also remember myself why i'm trying to do this i'm trying to convince people who is listening to actually act to bitcoin and when i'm uh, the one who was getting this information from you and uh, i remember myself okay if he is right what i uh, need to do i need to compare the old school strategy all the way to what Kintaro is basically saying, trying to understand why is he, he's making. It's my analytical, not, uh, my analytical brain like, works like this. And when I took this to calculators, and one is like 10% a year compound interest, and for example, invest 10K, and uh, I say, okay, 1,000 per month, I will be investing during this strategy for have, to build up my uh, portfolio. And when I put Bitcoin and it's like, and, and you see it that it's just last, uh, it's grew 4,000% then uh, even last year when it is like uh, from um, August 2022, uh, this is 300%. Even right now when it is fall down from all time high, you completely understand that it is at least 100% per year, which is 10 times 
better than this stock, bonds, gold, uh, estate, etc. It's 10 times better if you look at it year over year, but if you look at like 30 years, I mean it's like a it's like a 10,000 times better, right? I mean like it, like even even just put 30% a year or 50% a year compound and like it, it's it's ridiculous how a very, you know, reasonable amount of money becomes absolutely massive over 20, 20, 30 years. Yeah, it's a good point to explain. This is sometimes when people asking me why Bitcoin? I tell, I give them this uh, calculator because one of uh, evenings uh, my girlfriend asked me something about what is that. I said like, here is this. Look, <laughs> this is the numbers, and here is uh, Bitcoin. And uh, I said switch from. It's usually like people think here like two years, three years. They think in short term. They don't think long term. What it happened to be in ten years with this kind of money? If you will stick to this strategy, and uh, I said like switch this. Uh, button from uh, three years to 10 years and the number is fucking huge it's like <laughs> it's like turning into millions uh, however you just invest in uh, so little okay yeah. quick final question for you before i let you go vasily you have a fitness tracker ring on right my friend was telling me i have to get one of these uh, what, what is that called and, and what do you think about it the, uh, yes it's called aura you you may ask for pay you for releasing that with their name. Yeah, um, yeah. Affiliate links in the bottom. <laughs> Just I don't remember if it is $300 ring, but what it does, it helped me to get rid of my problems with um, sleep. Because so my friend I said too. I don't know, have you got such problems? Like it tracks everything from RAM, you know, how much uh, rapid dive movement uh, phase you had, how many deep sleep you had, how many all other things you had. We can... Do another just small interview about biohacking and, for example, uh, not traps because, for example, I use this as well. Oh, really? Uh, to you know something to, to use to be productive, etc. Entire life being an entrepreneur, I was searching for ways to boost the brain, the same way like in this movie Limitless, and I tried a lot of stuff. Like remember what we was talking to you about uh, like this shit like ayahuasca, etc. And uh, the best. And foremost, like the single best tool to make yourself super uh, motivated, energized, and effective is sleep. This is something that I, in 10 years, found about all that. If your sleep is well, you, you could someday wake up and like feel like, fuck, oh, I'm feeling myself like, um, you know, on top of the world. And that's my insight for like 10 years. That's why I bought this uh, to understand myself, my body, my uh, this is simple calcium and magni vitamins, but I am using this because uh, it's completely affect the way my hormones works. Uh, so I can have a not too many sugar that affects my blood pressure, etc. So I can sleep well. If I sleep well, I'm on top of productivity. This serene gives you tracking of how you sleep, how much. And all the points, what is suffered. And when I see that suffered this point, for example, if you look inside, you can, for example, go and test the simple medical analysis. And you will have, for example, a reason why it might be this parameter is uh, uh, suffering. It disturbs you from having a good sleep, for example. And uh, it took me three years to kill my cycle of sleep because I was working for 20 hours per day. I was uh, 
basically uh, drinking pills uh, of um, caffeine, etc. Things that you know like gives me energy. I was really I was drinking Red Bull with all this stuff uh, like uh, whiskey just to have an energy. That's it. The only thing was just to be enough energized to make decisions right. Because if I'm not energized, decisions are slow. You have to grow fast. But sleep is the only. And uh, this thing just helped me to understand how I sleep, why, and um, best way to discover your body and uh, to get in a kind of formula, individual ones for yourself, how to get super much effective, etc. That's great. I'll, I'll have to find one here. So uh, very good, man. Dude, thank you so much for doing this. It's great to see you, talk to you. And uh, let's be in touch, man. Thank you so much again. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was great to talk to you. Okay, buddy. Good luck. I'll catch you later. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Bitcoin Renaissance podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can find me at kentaro.com. Thanks again and see you next time.